This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're back. So much stuff to talk about with Hercules Invictus. Talking about folklore, possible reality, going back many, many moons ago. Go ahead. Yes, life has given us many mysteries, and uh, they're exciting to uh, pursue and to try to make sense of them all. And unfortunately, a lifetime is not enough time to get to the root of any of the mysteries uh, totally, because there are always other aspects of the mystery that have yet to be explored and discovered. But that's what makes life exciting. It's uh, you're born with amnesia if you existed before. It's not a problem of not having an instruction manual, but having way too many instruction manuals in terms of what you should be doing when you're here. Then uh, you spend your early life with whatever programming you've been given to try to establish your place in the world. The, then at one certain point, you start questioning that programming, so you try to break away from it and uh, people will say that you're having a midlife crisis or something, uh, but it's a time of transition, and then you start pursuing uh, the roads not taken, and it's an exciting adventure, and it's exciting for all of us, and we don't know where we go definitively when we're here. Uh, we could believe certain things, and we could uh, accept certain things, and especially if you're experiencing the paranormal practically, not just reading about it, but actually trying these metaphysical techniques, trying uh, uh, ancient shamanic techniques and so forth, the more you do that, the more life seems almost like a dream. Anybody who does uh, dream work will know that uh, uh, dreams, uh, if you don't work with your dreams, it's like you're losing a third of your life because uh, a third of your life is spent asleep and a lot of that sleep time is spent uh, working with dreams. And dreams seem real when they're happening. And then they don't seem real when you wake up, and, but you could be married to somebody different. You could be living in a different place and doing different things altogether. But in a dream, you don't question that. So you begin to wonder, how much do we question our waking reality? You know, how much of this is really true? So you start getting into experiments with lucidity trying to influence dreams, and uh, in the, the waking world, that would be called working with manifestation, like the law of attraction, the secret, and trying that out, because if you could do it in dreams, why can't you do it uh, here? And then you encounter synchronicities where it does happen there. It, it does happen here. So with the shamanic studies, too, uh, people have um, mutual dreams. So you have people who can refer to something that didn't happen here. It happened in an altered state, but it's a shared experience, not just an individual experience. So again, you're doing all this knowing that it's going to end because it ends for everybody. Uh, And then, uh, you know, everyone's going to find out (laughs) and uh, you can't share it with anybody really. So I enjoy having the adventure with people. And that's why I write about these things. That's why I explore them. And that's why I, teach classes on and things like that. Life is wonderful. You talked earlier about the possibility of an ancient worldwide civilization of uh, of which some of the uh, 
Greek and Mesopotamian stories that have come down to us seem to indicate that there was something more, maybe even a pre-ice age. Mm-hmm. And that's that's been suggested before. And, and what I'm thinking of Hercules, there was recently a series on Netflix that tackled this subject. And, and now, of course, the, the host, who is a fairly famous writer on this subject, I, his name's just completely popped out of my, my head. But that series came into uh, an awful lot of skepticism and attacks. And the, and, and the host and main uh, producer of the program was accused basically of racism to dare suggest that there could have been ancient civilizations that predated the one that we that we know about. And I just find that amazing that skepticism is still there, that there could be the possibility that we're not the only civilization that has arisen on this planet. Right. I, I, there is a lot of skepticism, but even the ancients admitted that possibility. Like I said, in the writings of Plato, uh, the Timaeus and the Critias, I don't remember which book it was in, but uh, the priest of Thais tells Solon, the Athenian lawgiver, uh, that uh, the Greeks are children uh, because many civilizations have risen and fallen, and uh, the only people that survive are the people on mountains or in out-of-the-way uh, places that weren't very uh, educated uh, because, you know, at that time, you had to go to live in the city to get a lot of the education, and other people lived simpler lives as uh, agriculturalists or hunters. So what they remembered, they remembered. So imagine if the civilization was destroyed. Uh, we we have a civilization that's tied together by computers and books and all sorts of things and television. But if, if people just had memories of things that they experienced when they were the cities, uh, and shared them, uh, and I guess that would be true even if we, we have a technical civilization too. Th- that's all you get. You get uh, memories of something, distorted memories. You couldn't really explain unless you took into account uh, the fusion of culture or that there's some structure inside the uh, uh, inner part of us that connects us with everybody and everything else on the planet. And the person's name I was thinking of, Hercules, was Graham Hancock. Ah, yes, he's come under, yes, I know he's come under a lot of fire. Right, He's come under a lot of ridicule. Well, and, you know, a lot of the things that uh, I know that he has talked about in the past was that we need to study more underwater ruins and remains, Mm -hmm. you know, because his, you know, his theories are that, you know, there's uh, possibly, you know, not one, but maybe several worldwide civilizations in the past existed at a time when the water levels, ocean levels, were a lot lower. And, right. Uh, and, and But now his predictions are proving correct as more and more discoveries are being found. And uh, I, there was this, uh, something this week, uh, I think, what was it, in the Black Sea, where uh, a, a very long, uh, obviously man-made wall had been uh, discovered and and quite far underwater. So, you know, we have these stories of past civilizations, and of course, since we're, you know, talking about, you know, the Greeks and stuff, you know, you've got the uh, the stories of Atlantis and the like, that uh, um, uh, so many of these uh, different societies have the same stories of 
somebody or uh, a small group of people appearing and giving the gift of civilization. Right. As you were saying, the survivors of some past cataclysm who who now are the only ones left with, with that knowledge that's been destroyed. Yeah, and uh, I can give you an example from uh, from like Greece and, and Lemnos, the island of Argonauts and Amazons. Um, mm-hmm. it, on the western shore of uh, Lemnos, which is the name of the island, um, you were able to see Troy. And one of the epithets for Troy, one of the descriptive, uh, um, descriptive phrases associated with uh, Troy or words is Ilium, which relates to the sun. And they would they would uh, describe how the sun would hit the marble from Troy, and it was like a second sun when the uh, sun was rising in the sky. And uh, they would talk about on the island of Kukonitsi, uh, there was a trading uh, post where people would come from Troy and from other parts in Greece uh, um, to get supplies. Now, the Iliad and the Odyssey, like, uh, it took... Uh, they were there for 10 years fighting, and then it took Odysseus another 10 years to get home. Uh, that's like saying that something that took place between, like, New, New York and New Jersey took all those years, or wandering in the desert in the Sinai took, like, 40 years. Uh, it, it really doesn't add up, because these places are very close to each other. You could see Troy from Limnus. So the people knew these stories and kept them on. They, they had the uh, stories with Philopithius, who was left behind by the, the Greeks, uh, who had the bow of Hercules, and Hercules appeared there as a god, and so forth. Uh, they have a, a, a place called Hrisi that's sunken, and you can go into the water and, and see all the sunken area, and there are pillars down there, and edifices, and jars, and all sorts of uh, uh, things. More things with Gene, Hercules, and Tim. You're in oh, the Pentecost. <laughs> Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Let me tell you a story about Bill. Bill was a normal guy in his 50s. He had back surgery about two years ago. Bill was in a lot of pain. He dealt with his pain by taking the Percocets his doctor prescribed for him. Bill took more and more and more of them to help with the pain until one day the prescriptions weren't enough to get rid of Bill's pain. Then one day, Bill found someone to help him get rid of the pain with illegal drugs he didn't need a prescription for. Fast forward to today. Bill lost his job and his family. The only thing he does have is his drug dealer. If you know Bill's story and you don't want to end up like Bill, call the Detox and Treatment Helpline right now. 
to get away and get treatment. 800-296-1327. Call right now. Help is standing by. 800-296-1327. We depend on our drinking water supply daily, but where does that water come from? Your water provider encourages you to get to know your local water source so together we can protect and preserve it. The investments we make as a community to protect our water source now ensure we have a sustainable drinking water supply for the future. Visit drinktap.org to learn more. This message is brought to you by the American Water Works Association and your local water provider. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So this ancient lore is now taking us under the sea. Hercules, does that mean we'll find Aquaman? We might find Aquaman or Namor or Namor, as they're calling him now. The Schleiman, when Schleiman found uh, Troy, he was saying that the, the people at the time were saying it's not Troy. He was under a lot of uh, ridicule. And he got a lot of things wrong, it turns out, but he got a lot of things right also. So let's focus on when he got right. Troy was there, and a lot of Europeans didn't uh, give credence to it uh, because they believed that Troy was a story. But there turned out to be a Lemnian writer during the later days of the Roman Empire who wrote a guidebook to Troy for vacationers. So Troy was kind of like a Gettysburg, where people would go and they would see the ghosts of heroes that had died uh, interacting with people like they do at Gettysburg now. And he wrote a a guidebook on that. He also wrote a couple of other books. I I don't believe they all survived, but some of them uh, survived. So to the people from the ancient times, Troy was a reality, and you could visit it. I mean, go on vacation there. It was a vacation uh, haven. And also, there were places that equated 
with the places in the uh, Iliad in the Odyssey that uh, they found archaeological evidence for. Some of it is, again, spotty, like Agamemnon's mask. You could argue that it might not be Agamemnon's uh, mask. But the, there were there was literature about it that was forgotten by Europeans or not believed by Europeans. Um, and uh, then also, the educated people who wrote books knew the Troy was there in, in as far as late antiquity and knew that it wasn't a story because they made it a vacation uh, place. Um, but also... The people who lived in the mountainous regions of Lemnos kept the memory of that. They knew where the trading post was. They knew uh, where you could look off the western shore and see Troy uh, and why it was called uh, Ilium. You know, they knew and preserved all sorts of memories. There's the cave of Philoctetes, uh, uh, where after he was bitten by a serpent and uh, he suffered from a smelly infection, the Greeks dumped him on Lemnos and sailed away. So he was pretty mad at the Greeks, but they knew where his cave was. So, again, you have what uh, the Egyptians told uh, Solon, you know, this was something that was forgotten and thought legendary and not believed. And then you had all these stories that people told each other about where it was that weren't born out until uh, a German person dug it out and Europeans accept this as, as real. But it, it was real before then. It's just that people weren't willing to accept it was real. And the theory was out there, but people weren't willing to accept the theory. Well, with Troy, I think a lot of people were surprised that the initial digs that took place there showed that at least the area that they found at the time was a lot smaller than they expected. I think they were expecting like this huge city, but yes. a lot of t a lot of time had passed, and the shoreline uh, the city was now further inland than it used to be. He got a lot of grief because of that. Because you know people weren't considering you know how things had changed, nor, like you said, were they listening to the people who still live in the area and still had that oral tradition? What the bigger picture is, too, that's just a small example, but what was uh, suggested by those Egyptian priests uh, can happen, and it does happen, and it uh, did happen. So it might have happened in other areas, like uh, the existence of Atlantis, for instance or whatever the civilization was actually called. And there's enough similarities in the world's mythologies and in the world's buildings and the world's other structures, like social structures and institutions. I don't believe, unless there's a mechanism that we're not aware of, that uh, so many people in so many places can come up with the same solution in, in a certain period of time. What do you think, Hercules? And I don't know, you know, if if you know much about this, but of the stories that have come out that the Greeks may have actually made it as far as uh, North and South America, you know, based on relics that uh, have been dug up uh, uh, over the years. The Greeks, you know, I mean, they were seafaring, but, you know, were they good enough to be able to make it that far? According to pygmy mythology, the pygmies were once uh, sailors. There are indications in stories and in folk tales about diminutive people who are dark of skin. In this country and South America and uh, in the British Isles. So the stories there, did, did they actually happen the way the pygmies are describing? I don't know. <laughs> but like Occam's razor, that explanation seems to at least make sense uh, in a lot of different uh, ways. There are African heads, clearly African heads, on the statuary in South America as well. I think the Toltecs, if I, if I remember correctly. 
So that's yes, and there's also depictions, if I remember correctly, of uh, mammoths and stegosauruses and things like that, which uh, again could account for a lot of uh, folklore as well. Like in Greece, you have the Nemean lion, which is uh, very well within uh, uh, the range, uh, based on the description of what a cave lion would do. And cave lions, I think, were supposed to be extinct by that time. That time, the story. So there might have been uh, anomalous animals. Uh, back then as well. Uh, certainly, uh, I read a case in Pennsylvania when I was living in Pennsylvania where a pet store uh, was hearing like weird animal noises. They were hearing it sound like the roar of a lion. It sounded like a goat. Uh, it sounded like uh, snakes, and it sounds like a bunch of things. And, and again, they, they seemed unrelated sounds, and they were looking into was it demonically possessed and things like that. But uh, the animals that they were describing um, are chimera, and mm-hmm. the chimera was made of the same animals, and it must have made the same types of uh, sounds. They didn't identify it as a chimera, but if you knew about Greek mythology and chimeras, you couldn't think of anything but chimera. So the chimera might have come about because they had the same experiences somewhere else in the world. What about modern Greece? And, I mean, has has all of this mythology just disappeared to be replaced by say like christianity and uh, everybody just now you know looks at uh, all of the, uh, the 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 greek gods and the other you know uh, pantheon of beings is just you know old uh, old fairy tales or is there something that still remains that you know, you go outside of the cities and there is still that culture I haven't been to Greece in many years, but I've talked to people who go to Greece uh, fairly often. And what they said was that, uh, you know, like when I'm in my 60s, my late 60s, or actually my mid-60s. And uh, when I was uh, in Greece as a child, they had gypsies with covered wagons. And people were afraid that the gypsies would curse you and they had all these stories about how if you don't give the gypsies something, your uh, children will have like lice on them and be overrun with lice. Uh, they believed in kalikanzari, which were like a type of goblin that urinated on your food during the Christmas holidays, if you were careful. Uh, they believed in the Neraidis, the, the water maidens. There were all sorts of ghosts stories and hauntings, and uh, people believed these things, and they dressed in a medieval type of way. And I remember when I described television to my uncle, he smacked me and told me I was making things <laughs> making things up. <laughs> We're not going to make these things up. We'll just let you listen to them. More to come with Hercules Gene. Tim, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. 
What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. USA News Update. The upcoming crewed rocket launch from Florida Space Coast scheduled for next month, March 1st. NASA said three astronauts and a cosmonaut will embark on a Falcon 9 rocket from SpaceX to the International Space Station and spend six months conducting research. Former President Trump has been ordered to pay more than $350 million in his New York State civil fraud trial. He's also facing a three-year ban on conducting business in New York State. A former FBI informant facing charges for allegedly lying about President Biden's involvement in his son Hunter's foreign business dealings. Egypt reportedly building a refugee camp near the Gaza border in anticipation of a potential conflict if Israel attacks the southern city of Rafah. Corey Myers, USA News. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. Do you have difficulty taking supplements? Are you searching for a high-quality, complete nutritional drink that your whole family will love? Nutramedical's Life Support has arrived. All of your daily nutritional requirements in one quick, delicious drink. Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support is a proprietary blend of vegan protein, activated vitamins, essential minerals, amino acids, probiotics, green tea, digestive enzymes, anti-inflammatories, cancer prevention, detoxification, and much more. Your body will high-five you for this one. Life Support is the best, complete, nutritious meal replacement on the market. Whether you are an elite athlete, have post-operative challenges, chronic illness, elderly, or a family that just wants a quick, delicious drink, try Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support for optimized nutrition in one great tasting smoothie. Just add cold water, almond milk, fruit, or anything else you like. Nutramedical's Life Support. Try our great tasting chocolate or vanilla today. Call 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Nutramedical.com for the whole family. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So you have to think of people our age, and I'm a bit older than you are, Hercules, 
how the technology has changed and things you might have believed right. in the 40s and 50s or expected, right, you couldn't predict then what would happen now. I mean, consider the Star Trek TV show of the 60s, mid-60s, right? And mm -hmm. we had the flip phone back in the 90s, of course, mm -hmm. the communicator. A lot of inventions from Star Trek have come to pass, not in the 23rd century, but now. Scientists yeah. have seriously looked at the possibilities of warp drive. Scientists have yeah. looked into the matter transportation deal, but of course you don't want to have a fly get in with you when they try to transport your body to another machine. <laughs> it was your grandfather who smacked you in the face? No, my uh, uncle, because uh, he thought I was uh, telling tall tales when I was scrubbing television. Years later, when they finally got television there, uh, he was bragging to me about the fact that they have two channels. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, but uh, when I was younger, they didn't have the television. But people believed the thing. They believed in statues coming to life and either terrorizing or blessing uh, villagers. All these stories are part of the tapestry of what reality was to them there at that time. Now the myths are part of the heritage, and they're proud of them, and the stories live on in much the same forms that they live on now, through entertainment of all sorts. Since the beginning, the Greek lore was entertainment, and it survived through the popular culture before being institutionalized in various uh, ways. So people are now more Western in so far as they wear modern clothing, they drive uh, cars rather than horses, they have computers, and you know pretty much they're part of the modern world. You see like an example of like the cultural diffusion in our world, where you have people all over the world adopting Western dress and Western customs and so forth. And if something happens and everything goes awry, that's going to be something that people are going to have a hard time explaining. Why are people in one country dressed like people in another country when they're separated by so many miles? To answer your question, Tim, the people now are adjusted to the world now. And the communication problems that limited uh, the exchange of information are gone. So people are connected with, with the world. Uh, there are folklore societies that used to collect these stories, but uh, the last I heard, they're not very active anymore. The thing that I remember these stories and that uh, Tim Schwartz and Tim Beckley are there. So I've given some of these stories that have disappeared uh, a place uh, where they can be remembered in the pages of their book. What about, uh, I know... You've had your own experiences when you were a kid and visiting uh, uh, Greece that would be considered, I don't know, mystical, <laughs> paranormal, whatever the uh, term yes. would be. Do you care to uh, uh, share some of those with us? Oh, sure. One was uh, there's a, like a shrine. They have like these shrines that you go in and light candles and leave some money there and, uh, you know, like light incense. There are shrines all over the place. Uh, and there's one shrine there called Ayia Marina, uh, which means Saint uh, Marina. Whenever I've been to that shrine, either as a small child or later on as a young adult, whenever I've gone by myself, uh, this woman is there. And it's the same woman. And she's dressed kind of like a nun, but not, not quite, uh, all in white. And she seems to know me and she seems to know what I've been doing. So we had these conversations. It's very pleasant. It doesn't strike me as odd. Uh, until after she's left or I needed to leave and I said goodbye, that this is like very strange. How can this keep happening every time and might not think it, there's anything weird about it? And of course, this is uh, 
um, a place that was holy from before the Christian religion, and she's never around. And even though it's on a mountain that's called a wooded mountain, it's very sparse in Greek. It's a very dry country, so there's no place to hide. So who is this woman? You know, why does she keep appearing on altar? How does she know who I am, and how does she know all about me? And why don't I think it's strange <laughs> until after we've separated? You know, and why hasn't she aged in all those years? So the figure has uh, communicated with me in this country a couple of times, and here she identified herself as Hecate, who in modern times is uh, the goddess of witches, but she's actually a goddess of the crossroads. And uh, although people now envision her as a crone, in ancient times she was uh, envisioned as a young woman, uh, often dressed in white. So th there's that. Then uh, um, I observed the satyr dance. Satyrs are creatures who are half human, half uh, goat. And it's an ancient uh, custom, like jumping over bonfires, which was still going on when I was a kid. And uh, the young men in the village would dress up as uh, satyrs by wearing... Uh, uh, wool leggings or, or fleece leggings, and they'd beat you up if you're on the street. And I, I would observe that uh, in uh, Lemnos uh, too, and I was talking about it. And then my mother, uh, who I ask questions of if I don't remember something exactly in terms of uh, the folklore, she told me I couldn't have seen the Seder dance because that took place during like August in, or September, and we're not we were never in Greece as late as that. So I don't know, I have memories of seeing it, and I described it perfectly, and I described the words that they chanted. Um, and uh, that's another incident uh, in Lemnos. A third incident was I was sitting at the Café Nion. It's, it's a café. Back in the day at night, people just walk to the seashore and go to the Café Nion and uh, drink coffee or beer uh, and eat uh, appetizers. And they would discuss religion or politics or, you know, whatever. And uh, I was at the Café Nion, uh, and I saw a young uh, boy, and he was around a tree, and then he disappeared. So one of the waiters asked me uh, what I'm looking at, and I said, there's a boy over there, that, or at least there was a boy uh, here, he disappeared. He asked her to describe the boy, so I described the boy, and he looked uh, disturbed, and he said, just stay here. So I went in and got the proprietor, and I described what I had seen, and it turns out that uh, the boy was the proprietor's brother, and he planted that tree, and the clothes that I described him wearing were the clothes that he was buried in. And what had happened was a, a sailor or somebody who came in from a ship lured the boy away and uh, murdered him. Hmm. There's, there's a lot of stories like that, but it, it, people believed in this stuff, so it wasn't unusual for them, you know. Um, and uh, things like that happened all the time there. And I guess because I've, I've been conditioned to accept the reality of these things, because that's what I grew up in. Uh, I continued to experience them. It was no big deal until I learned that in American schools, if you talk about these things, <laughs> it's not a good thing. So I learned uh, early in life not to share what I was experiencing in the world directly. And then, uh, again, I'm glad of the opportunities I have now where it's entertainment in this country so I can share all these stories. Now, I'm, you say that about the schools, but the stories that you described how many thousands, millions of people throughout time have had the very same kind of experiences yeah. all across the planet? I mean, you could have taken, say, like your encounter with a little boy uh, 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 outside the cafe. Uh, 
I mean, you could take that and transplant it to any location on the planet and really, have, you know, they're very, very similar kinds of, of experiences. Right. But like you said, you know, you talk about that, you know, like at school or to other people and people look at you cross-eyed even though they probably know somebody themselves who've had similar experiences. You know? So, yes. I mean, you know, why <laughs> why the problem? Because it, it contradicts our basic premises of reality, but here it, it's okay as entertainment. I've formed several times, uh, like the uh, Society of Living, uh, the Study of Living Myth, uh, the Regional Folklore Society, I've called it different names in different places, and again, the pandemic killed it for a while. Uh, but I usually give uh, like talks about these things in libraries. And uh, people come, and then after the talk, they'll, they'll say that they've experienced something similar, or they know someone who's experienced something similar. And some people will say they don't believe it during the presentation. Afterwards, they'll come over, well, you know, there was this one time. <laughs> We've got one time ridiculous. and one more. We've got plenty more with Hercules, Gene, and Timmy in The Paracast. <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. It's easy to see. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines. Instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families, we all know something big is coming. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming more self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, and they make it easy for you to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure some emergency food kits. There's a dozen to choose from that contain tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. My Patriot Supply also sells large solar generators, gravity-powered water filtration systems, heirloom seeds for your garden, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items will ship that same day. Time is short. Prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. At Social Security, we are always thinking of ways to save you time and make things easier. That's why we created My Social Security. Opening a My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal record and interactive tools tailored for you. You can see if you are eligible to receive benefits, view spousal benefit estimates, and compare retirement benefit estimates at different ages or dates when you want to start receiving benefits. Already receiving benefits? Use your account to change your address, set up or change direct deposit, get a proof of income letter, and more. In most states, you can also request a replacement Social Security card. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. What could I say? Hercules Invictus, proceed. So, yeah, these experiences are phenomenally common. They're common enough to be tropes in, like, uh, television shows. And they're universal and um, they point to the fact that we have sensory apparatus that we're not using, data that we're not integrating because of our conditioning. Um, when you would tell a Greek back in the day when these things were more acceptable to talk about, that Americans didn't believe in the evil eye, the answer would be that's because Americans are stupid and spiritually blind. <laughs> because, because their reality, you know, how could you doubt the evil eye? People get cursed with the evil eye all the time. You know, it, it happens, and you call the the old women who know the spells, and they massage you with olive oil, and they chant uh, numerological equations, and the cloves explode in the on a piece of charcoal, and that's it. And then they'll tell you uh, somebody put a curse on you, and if it's uh, something you needed a doctor for, they refer you to the doctor. But I had a doctor in Greece. I caught what here was called walking pneumonia on one mm. of my trips to Greece as a teenager. Uh, but over there, they told me that somebody put the evil eye on me, and they referred me to an evil eye uh, person. Oh, my gosh. Did it work? Well, I, I guess. I felt a little better. <laughs> and then when I came here, I told I had walking pneumonia, and they gave me pills, and I felt a lot better. But yeah. still. The evil eye, that's, that's to me, that's an interesting concept. And you see that all over 
Greece and you know Egypt and I mean just just all over the uh, the area, and, but they all have very similar uh, uh, beliefs that uh, the for the most part the evil eye is that somebody deliberately putting a curse on you, but somebody who has looked at you, God, how did, how did, how was it put to me, uh, uh, Hercules, uh, looked at you with envy. That was what did it. <laughs> I, I had a relative, his name is Menandros, and he made it into the local folklore, but he had the evil eye. So they tell really? a story of a time when somebody in the village uh, knew that, so he uh, wanted to bring managers up to look at his competitor's flock of, I don't remember if it was sheep or goats, but it was something like that. And uh, he wanted managers to uh, be impressed. And by being impressed, uh, the animals would be cursed and his uh, rival would be destroyed. So he had managers up there and he's describing these sheep endlessly to build up, uh, you know, managers and admiration for it. Uh, but the other shepherd, I guess, or goat herd, uh, wasn't showing up. So Menendez was starting to get impatient. So the guy didn't want Menendez to leave, and he kept saying, oh, they're coming, they're coming, don't worry. Oh, they're over there. They're coming, they'll be here in a very short period of time. So Menendez uh, admired the guy's eyesight. So he said, bravo, Mati, you know, like, wow, what, what, what eyesight? And then the guy became cross-eyed. Hmm. <laughs> So was he was he aware of <laughs> that he was so considered he, uh, able to give the evil eye? <laughs> yes, yes, he had a reputation for it. I had another yeah. uh, magical ancestor, Yorgos Keramidas, his name was, and uh, uh, he pulled a lot of magical feats during the time of the Nazi occupation, which must have been very dangerous. Hmm. See, now, if they had lived in ancient times their names probably would be known today. And, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, revered's not the right word, but, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. And, and Menandros actually appears in some folklore books. You know, I, I knew mm. the story since childhood, but when they were busy collecting the folklore at, at one point, uh, my mother had the books, and uh, um, I was looking through them, and I found stories of Menandros, including that one that I grew up with uh, in there. So now, having a heritage like this, Hercules, is is that the reason that you became interested in in this type of stuff that you know we all love, you know, talking about the you know the paranormal and ghost UFOs and the things that we write about? Yes and no. Um, mm -hmm. I, I rebelled against my heritage for a long time, and I, I studied all sorts of things. First, I started with the theosophy because I knew about that from the parochial school. I, I knew theosophy and theurgy and uh, some of the other uh, philosoph philosophers and their philosophies and so forth. Uh, but from the from there, I went to studying deep trance mediumship, and I did channeling for a few years. So I, I learned shamanism. I, I learned a bunch of things, talked to lots of people, read lots of books. For a while, I was reading a book a day. Um, I can't do that. My eyes won't let me <laughs> anymore. But um, I, I loved it. And because I think I, I grew up in an environment where those type of things were believed, but then there was a forbidden aspect of them because once I reached a certain age and I was talking about these things, again, in American schools, there was, there was a lot of suspicion. This was before the days where, you know, you could watch these things on TV a lot, except in things like the Twilight Zone and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um so I think my background has a lot to do with it. And as I've gotten older, too, because there's not enough time to do everything you want to do, 
And as you realize that the days uh, before you are less than the days uh, behind you, it's kind of like narrowing it down. And honestly, when I asked myself, like, how would I like to spend whatever time I have left here? It, it was these things. These things have thrilled me the most. And also, they drove a lot of my careers. Like, uh, because I was having these experiences myself, I, I wondered, um, like, was there anything psychologically wrong with me? So the only way to find out is become a mental health professional. For like 30-something years, I was a therapist. So I designed the pre-vocational programs and vocational rehabilitation um, and workforce development. I did all sorts of stuff. People knew about me uh, through that. And, uh, you know, pretty much there, too, when I was uh, dealing with people in the psychiatric units in uh, the hospital, um, it, was, it helped me answer the question, like, how much of this was real? Uh, because not everybody, uh, a very small percentage actually, could see things that I myself could see. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't address that directly because uh, you, you can't address such things uh, directly in a psychiatric profession. But what I did was I created uh, an awareness of the fact that other cultures uh, process things differently. So I used my Greek uh, upbringing as like an introduction to, you know, who defines what's real, who defines, you know, what in the world is real. So uh, I, I started bringing up, like, we got an emergency room for psychiatry. We get people who are being ridden by uh, voodoo luas. Mm. So, but that's a belief in their culture. People get ridden by the gods, and that's not something that's out of the ordinary. Witches occasionally have to deal with uh, uh, the spirits of the four quarters of the watchtowers. So if somebody was doing a ritual to the South and they got attacked by fire elemental, and that would wind them up in a psychiatric institution. So I was able to explain that, you know, whether you want to believe the part about the fire elemental, you know, the, the fact is that it's within this person's belief system. Uh, chanting nam yo ho renge kyo, the same thing. Some people believe that you got to do that endlessly. Um, there are people who belong to obscure religions, some of them Greek. Uh, like there was one guy who was Greek, and he was hospitalized for being bizarre in uh, whatever uh, setting he was in. Um, his was a, like a, almost like a early Christian sect that he belonged to. Mm -hmm. So the things that he was saying and things that he was doing, like him trying to convert the doctors and so forth, uh, that was in line with what he believed. He believed that they were damned because they didn't b believe a certain religion. So I created that awareness, and then I would find, like, this in the, uh, in the community that, uh, that were, like, uh, um, the religious leaders or the spiritual leaders for people who believe different things. And that, fortunately, after I left, like, uh, one, of, one of the hospitals where I worked for many years, they continued it. But that's oh, how that's... I came to... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, considering that uh, um, a lot of... of psychiatry and the treatments of uh, mental health uh, will just go the lazy way and, you know, give them drugs and uh, put them back out on the streets. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, it's it's great to see, you know, someone like you who, uh, you know, is, is working with a person's, you know, culture and belief systems in order to help them rather than just lumping them all together and just, you know, one big pile and, you know, give medicine and uh, that's it. Yeah, because a, a lot of times, like, there are horror stories. Like, there was a, um, they had a woman in there and they said she was speaking uh, gibberish. Hmm. So, I, I went, you know, I went and talked to her. I was... Uh, 
Uh, I believe I was doing, I was a recreation director in the inpatient unit at the time, and it turned out she was speaking an obscure dialect of Greek. So I couldn't understand every word she said, but I understood enough to communicate with her. So what happened was she wanted to mail a letter, and they didn't have uh, mailboxes or uh, or things like that in Greece. So her family told her, you go out to a metal box and you'll see something, a handle, pull the handle and put the uh, um, the letter in there. So she pulled a fire alarm. Before we find out what happened to that fire alarm, why did it happen? How noisy was it? That's a silly question. Hercules, Gene and Timmy are in. The Pentecost. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you love reading about the mysteries of the universe? Do you wonder what secrets are hidden in the shadows of our own planet? If so, you won't want to miss these two amazing books by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. In Mimics, The Others Among Us, you'll explore the world of the mimics of man, beings that can look like us but are not. They've been among us since the beginning of history, hiding in plain sight, influencing our culture in ways we can scarcely imagine. In Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters, you'll discover the so-called hard evidence of UFOs that's been available for study this entire time, but for the most part, has been ignored. These two books will open your eyes to a hidden reality that has been right in front of our eyes all along. That's Mimics, The Others Among Us, and Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. Available now on Amazon.com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com.